This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, does it feel like you're always being tracked and watched when you're on the web? Well, it's because you are. I'm going to give you a couple ideas where you can take control of your privacy. Also, I want to tell you about a new option. If you are in a too high car loan, a way for you to get out of that thing. So when you have an opportunity to surf the web, you are being tracked all the time all over the place. But there's a react to that. And there's now browsers you can use and extensions you can use with existing browsers which will help protect your privacy a whole lot better. One in particular that I have tested for a number of months is Brave. The Brave browser, which you can download as an app on your smartphone, or you can download as the browser to use on Windows and Mac computers, gives you the ability to block all kinds of tracking. Now, everybody's got some kind of incognito mode or private browsing or whatever, but if you want real teeth in that, you're going to get it with the Brave browser. The Brave browser is very, very streamlined and simple to use. And so it shows on here that as I've surfed with it, it has blocked 342 trackers from me 342 and the other thing is that it saves time because those trackers slow you down and it shows how much of that it saves so it is something you can consider and now the DuckDuckGo people have you know what DuckDuckGo is of course no I mean a lot of people aren't familiar with DuckDuckGo which I've been raving about them as a search tool for as long as they've existed because they don't do all that spying on you. Well, they now also offer a browser extension that you can use with Google Chrome that helps protect your privacy. And they offer their own uh, miniature browser as well. And I know a lot of us tell pollsters how worried we are about privacy, but very few of us actually mean it you know we say it but we don't actually do it and so it's not that hard to use a different search tool or to use a different browser and once it becomes automatic for you you're going to get yourself more privacy and maybe you're not into that if you're not into that fine but if you are into that 
then, well, think about it. And, you know, you look at the moves. I always pick on Apple because I don't like some of their practices. But Apple is really making a big effort that I talked about recently to provide people more privacy with the apps that you have on an Apple device. And I think that's great as well, where you get to choose, yeah, I want more privacy, or no, I don't, instead of automatically being put into an environment where people are spying on you, Facebook, (laughs) or their WhatsApp. You know, I deleted WhatsApp. You haven't deleted WhatsApp yet, have you? No. No, I, I, as soon as I knew what Facebook was up to, I just feel like everyone's tracking. Sorry. Huh? I just feel like everyone's tracking me, so I'm just, I so feel you like just it's give over. Up. I've given up. I don't give up. <laughs> you, you know, that's not my style, right? I know. It's usually not mine, but in this case, I give up. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you are such a perfect person that there's no. <laughs> nothing for you to ever worry about with anybody spying on you. But if you are a person like me with, all the yeah. If I start my drug dealing business again, I'll yeah. I'll delete exactly, it exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, if you do want this though, if you want the privacy, I, I'll tell you I have really loved Brave, and give it a try. And if you think Clark's an idiot, this thing's no good at all, then go back to what you're doing. So Krista, who we have questions from? Well, Sunny says, I have a new job offer. The company will not provide a 401k in 2022, but will provide something called a deferred compensation plan. I've never heard of that. Can you please help me understand what deferred compensation plans are? If I don't have a 401k option, what are my choices to save for retirement and get tax benefits? Sunny, usually a deferred compensation plan is what's known as a non-qualified plan. So now I've added more lingo and jargon for you. It means that the company makes an agreement with you where some of the money they would pay you instead goes into the deferred comp plan. And then they reward you for it, for putting money in it, with typically an embedded interest rate or some other kind of reward. The downside of most deferred comp plans, though, is that the money is not safe and secure like it is in a 401k. So if the company went bust, you lose that money that you have deferred. So the question you want to see in the documents is how they address if it is a qualified plan. If you see that it is a non-qualified plan, that's when you know your money would be at risk. So... The answer to your uh, final question, though, since you can't do a 401k, what do you do? You set up your own Roth IRA. You won't get a current tax deduction, but the money that you put in up to $6,000 a year grows tax-free, grows all through the years tax-free, and then in retirement, you spend it tax-free. And I believe that that is actually superior to traditional IRAs and a 401k. I believe the Roth 401k for almost all earners is superior to the traditional 401k. Only about two-thirds of people have access to both of those in a 401k, by the way. So if you want to know more about doing the Roth IRA and where I'd put that money, 
I have a simple investment guide at Clark.com. Surrender in Ohio says, if we have $500,000 in a joint account in a bank, is it FDIC insured to the max limit of $500,000? I read a rule that says $250,000 for each person's share of a joint account. Yes, generally that is accurate. Although I am always so superstitious, I don't like to ever have more than a quarter million in an account at a bank. But if you go to FDIC.gov, they have a briefing that walks you through in which situations the $250,000 insurance coverage is capped and in which situations you can go beyond the two fifty dollars potentially in multiples. And one thing about this, with that much money in a bank, I want to make sure you're earning a good rate of interest. Typical bank pays basically nothing on money and savings or a CD. And I'd prefer that you look at online banks that pay much higher rates of interest. And as interest rates start to rise through 21, the gap will grow even larger between what the online banks offer and what traditional banks offer on what you can earn on your savings or CDs. Victoria in California says, I'm moving from the Bay Area to Georgia, but I need to transport my three large dogs. Especially with the pandemic, it's been difficult navigating airlines, which will allow me to fly and transport my dogs via cargo. Are there any airlines or specific programs you recommend? I'd appreciate any help you can offer, Clark. I'll bring you in and out your favorite. Uh, Victoria, thank you. I'm counting down the days, hours, and minutes. Till I get to go to In-N-Out Burger when I uh, go to see my daughter soon in Pasadena. And uh, actually, I'm more excited about seeing my daughter. But it's like <laughs> icing on the cake that I get to go to In-N-Out Burger. Right. Uh, but anyway, everything I've learned over the years is that you cannot have true peace of mind transporting your large dogs by airplane. That... The only really, um, there's no exactly totally safe way to transport dogs, but surface is much safer. And if you are not in a position or willing to drive from California to Georgia, who could blame you? It's a hard four-day drive. Uh, You can hire these ground transport services that will move dogs across the country by vehicle rather than by airplane. There's just been way too many tragic circumstances where the airplanes, uh, the airlines are not caring enough. We did for a while talk about a pet-only airline that, as best I know, has flown off into the uh, sunset, but without having a specialty pet airline to fly the pets, I would be very suspicious of any airline saying, yeah, they're going to keep Fido safe. I don't believe it. I mean, the only time you can really feel comfortable about your pet being on an airplane is when they're a small, small pet and they can fly in the passenger compartment with you. But I sure like the idea of four wheels on the ground bringing a pet across the country. Susan in Oklahoma says, my husband and I are in our late 60s and are excited to start cruising again. We booked a cruise for February of 2023 with a refundable deposit, thinking we can cancel if we need to. But in order to get travel insurance with a refundable, with a 
pre-existing condition coverage, we need to buy it within the next 14 days. The money spent on the travel insurance will not be refundable if we decide to cancel the trip. We don't currently need the pre-existing coverage. Should we wait until closer to departure to buy travel insurance and give up the pre-existing coverage? Cancel for any reason insurance is at least three times more. What is your advice? Yeah, this is a conundrum that is very, very hard to solve. But there's another reason why you want to buy a trip policy beyond just the possibility of you not being able to go because of a covered illness reason, and that is potential supplier default. The cruise lines have been able to survive so far, but they're wounded financially, all of them. I know there's been a big run-up in some of the cruise stocks just recently, but it's somewhat speculative in nature because of the level of debts they've taken on. So I know it's a big expense. You're talking about roughly 6% of the value of the cruise you're booking, but I'm more comfortable with you buying the cruise insurance because of the risk to your money. If you do wait till a later date, and buy it when you start getting into money being non-refundable, then, yeah, you're not going to have that pre-existing condition coverage. But remember, if you do develop a pre-existing condition before the money starts going hard on the cruise, you would then have the ability just to get that refund of the deposit. So that's why there's not an automatic option here, but the best would probably be waiting till the money goes hard and you give up from that point forward to the time of the cruise if there was a pre-existing condition issue. But you're telling me right now that doesn't even exist for you. And next, I want to talk about something odd that is so available, but almost no one does. And that's refining your way overpriced car loan. Talk about a giant ripoff. It's how most people buy a vehicle new or used. They go to the dealer and have the dealer do everything. Well, there's a convenience charge for that when you get into what's known as the F&I department. That's where they try to sell you the junky extended warranty on your vehicle, and they try to write your car loan for you, your vehicle loan. Well, they're doing a service and you are paying dearly for that service because what you pay for a vehicle loan at a car dealer is way beyond what it will be at a credit union. And we had a situation recently where a credit union member could have done a loan at their credit union for 1.7%, and the car dealer charged them 7% for that loan. Now think about that. The difference in the cost of that vehicle over the term of that loan, gigantic. Looking at the loan originated at a car dealer versus a credit union. Remember, somebody who qualifies at a credit union for a loan rate below 2% has phenomenal credit, a great credit score. The dealer writing that loan at 7, they probably wholesaled that loan at 2, and then they added on a 5 percent interest rate markup onto that loan happens every day with the markups so it's up to you to do this the right way get your vehicle loan in advance from a credit union if not a member of a credit union before you buy a vehicle join one 
because credit unions charge a great deal less for vehicle loans than banks do. Because credit unions are co-ops. They're owned by their members. They're there to serve their members, where a bank is only there to serve the stockholders. So that's why, first and up front, you get a loan from a credit union. One exception to that is if you're a USAA member. USAA writes vehicle loans equivalent to what a credit union does and much lower than banks normally charge. But nothing's worse than a car loan from a dealer, unless it's a factory-subsidized loan where the factory is writing a loan at 0% or 1% or 1.9%. Other than those factory-subsidized loans, you're going to pay a lot, lot more for that vehicle over the years because you're in that car dealer loan. But you're not done. If you're hearing me now and you're saying, I wish I'd known that before I bought my vehicle, you can refi a vehicle loan pretty easily and really quickly. Let's say you buy a vehicle and you hear me talking about this. You can go straight to your credit union or join one and take out that ripoff car dealer loan and put in place a new loan from the credit union. Even SoFi is getting into this business. SoFi, which started off as a student lender and now is becoming a broad-based lender, offers ultra-cheap refis on vehicle loans. And when I say ultra-cheap, it's all adjusted based on your credit score. But whatever it'll be, it'll usually be an interest rate that is way cheaper, way, way cheaper than what you're paying to the car dealer. So know that car dealers aren't being evil doing this usually. They're making money. They're in business to make money. And if you want the convenience of one-stop shopping, you're going to pay a ton for that. And even if you've already signed it, remember, there is usually the way out of doing that refi. Krista? Linda in New York says, at the end of a three-year lease on a 2018 SUV, we will have used only one half of the allowable mileage. How can we determine and negotiate for a fair buyout price? So your used vehicle is worth a fortune to the dealer right now because of the, or the leasing company because of the continuing shortage of used vehicles and new vehicles in the United States because of the disruptions in factories due to so many workers coming down with coronavirus over the last year. So you're not going to be able to do the normal negotiation I talk about. In your lease will be a stated residual value that you can buy your vehicle for at the end of the three years. Buy it because that residual almost certainly is going to be a lot lower than what that vehicle is worth right now. And my goodness, there's even a possibility you could buy that vehicle and turn around if you didn't want to own it anymore and sell it to Carvana or CarMax or Vroom or somebody like that for substantially more than your buyout would have been, residual value purchase would have been in the lease. Linda in Florida says, do I have to continue insuring a car that's just parked in the driveway while the owner has gone abroad for a year? So uh, generally, your state will have a procedure where you are able to 
freeze the vehicle's use temporarily where it's not put on public roads. They may require that the license plate or tag be turned back into DMV temporarily, or they may have some kind of similar procedure. And then once that's done, you can notify the insurer that you are temporarily suspending the auto insurance because the vehicle is not being driven at this time. And Josh says, I just turned 27. Two years ago, I found myself unhappy with the mundane world of today. Wake up, work, eat, and sleep again. So I opted to quit my job in an architectural firm. And just last year, I sold my house and bought a sailboat. I try to live life through experiences rather than hoard money and material things. I would like to know which credit card would benefit someone like me most, someone who travels a lot and isn't always within cell service range to deal with card problems. I want a reliable card with a decent cash back percentage that could be put into an investment account. My expenses are mainly diesel and gasoline, large food purchases for provisions, and boat maintenance expenses. I'm also in need of a card with an international ATM withdrawal with no fee for the few places that don't accept cards. My father is a huge fan of Clark's. Thanks to him, I finished college with an 800 credit score without me even knowing. P.S. If anyone's thinking of changing their life or doing anything like this, I can't recommend it enough. It was the single best decision I've ever made. Josh, that's pretty gutsy and fantastic at 27 that you're doing that. Um, Schwab, if you have an account with Schwab, has a debit card with unlimited fee-free ATM withdrawals that you can do around the world. You get a great exchange rate as you withdraw money around the world. Um, Interestingly enough, their competitor, Fidelity, has the best rewards card that would put money into investment accounts at 2% cash back. For for simplicity's sake, Charles Schwab has a product that you get 1.5% cash back. And the difference between that 1.5 and 2, you'd be better off with Schwab getting the free ATM withdrawals. And I love that you are following uh, the path that works for you, that you were burning out at 27 and you had saved enough money that you're living this life. And, you know, when being on the sailboat doesn't work for you anymore, you'll come back from the sea and you'll do something else. But you'll do it with the knowledge that you're not a prisoner to your career It is a personal choice to be in the career. Do I love that? This is from Drew in North Carolina. I was approached by an older lady inside of a store. She asked me to call her phone since she quote unquote dropped it to see if it still works. I called it and it rang. She thanked me and went on her way. The inner Clark alarm bells went off in my head and I kept a loose eye on her as she continued her shopping. She pulled the same move several more times before I approached her asking how many people she's going to pull this move on. I asked her to delete my number and asked a store manager to call security. I'm a bit concerned that she may use these numbers she acquired for some kind of spam. What's your take on the situation? Okay, I'm very, very curious, and I don't know exactly what the angle is. It would not be specifically for spam. I think it would be a more serious angle involved. I don't know what it would be. So if you have heard this from Drew and you know because you work in law enforcement or uh, financial security, you know what this woman's up to, please post it so that we know and we can share a follow-up with others. Because we looked online just now 
And Krista, you found no. nothing that would explain what kind of uh, nefarious purpose this woman would be up to. Right. So if you want to um, put it on our Facebook page, that would be a great place to post it. And, and then Facebook can spy on you all they oh, want. Oh, I forgot about that. That's yeah. okay if that's where you think the best place you, is. You can also send it in through Clark.com slash ask. And I want to thank you for being a part of Team Clark. And that's a great example of it is where we all learn from each other. And so I really appreciate in advance people who know what the drill is on why this woman would be doing that. And if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, review us, and share us with your friends.